ladies and gentlemen, boys and wait for it. What hey, girls? Welcome to episode 32 of the Spearhead Sundays podcast. I am fucking 99% sure that that is what episode we're up to. I'm not going to check because I'm, I'm that sure. And you know what? Here's another thing. Last week, number one on the iTunes charts. This week, back to our rightful place, sitting at number 17. <laughs> so, Hamish and Andy, straight back up to number one. And they're shitting all over me with their millions of dollars. But you know what? 18 is pretty good. That's what I, we were number one for a while there. And who knows, we might become number one again when this podcast drops. You know, if there is enough of you cunts listening. Hey, I don't know. I'm just happy. You know what I'm, I'm happy about? One of you fucks sent me, one of you fucks has a, a sister or a cousin. I don't know. I wasn't, I didn't read the thing properly. Okay. I get a lot of messages, but he said that they have a cousin or a sister that works at Kiss FM <laughs> in their marketing department. And they sent me, oh, actually, I think I got the message on Instagram. Let me have a look. Um, this is going to be disappointing if I don't, but I'm pretty sure that I had the fucking message here. Um, where is it? No. How disappointing is that? Never mind. What a shit story. <laughs> All right. So the fucking, the basic, basic uh, gist of it was, right? One of you cunts has got a cousin or a sister working at Kiss FM in the marketing department and he sends the podcast of me ranting about the mainstream corporate overlords of, co of mainstream radio and me just ba basically bagging the shit out of everybody who works in or on radio. And so, do you realize what you did, mate? You basically, right, you listen to this podcast and then you, you send to your sister, hey, just so you know, your dream sucks. <laughs> Here's a guy bagging out everything you do. And you know what? I, I fucking, I tip my hat to you, sir. Because judging by the response, it ruined her fucking day. <laughs> but she did say that that's uh, incredibly impressive. And he said something like, the dude sends a link of me ranting about corporate radio and then says something to her to the effect of, how does it feel to know that Lewis is beating your multi-million dollar radio shows with a $200 microphone sitting in his bedroom yelling by himself. And she said that it's impressive what I've done, but I'm losing millions of dollars by not doing it on radio. <laughs> like, like a radio, what, like a fucking station would give me a show. What am I going to do on radio? Right? I'm going to do... Well, okay, let's let's say I get the drive home slot, right? I get the drive home slot. I'm competing with Hamish and Andy, right? I'm on fucking, I don't know, Nova FM. This is how it would go. It'd be like, uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Nova 100, 100, 100. Actually, is Nova even around? I thought they shut down. Whatever. I'm doing Nova, right? Welcome to Nova 100. You're... With your, I can't even do it. I can't even do the fucking impression because I don't know how to do the pretend. I'm happy all the time. Shit. All right. So welcome, ladies. Oh no, they don't do that. That's me. I'm doing welcome to Spirit Sundays. All right, they do. Okay. 
It's Nova 100 driving you home with Lewis Spears and some other cunt of a woman who's really annoying but facilitates the conversation, so we give her a lot of money. But not as much as Lewis. <laughs> because the way we support the wage gap here at Nova 100. And then I'd come on and I'd be like, uh, yeah, hey, what, what's up, uh, boys and girls? So uh, today we're giving away $10,000 to whoever can send me in the best question for Miscellaneous Bit at the End. If you don't know, Miscellaneous Bit at the End is the worst part of uh, the drive home slot on radio. Uh, in fact, it makes me want to die so much that I encourage anyone listening to this to drive just if you're on the Westgate, just hit a really sharp right hand turn or even a left hand turn, whichever whichever side you're on, whichever side is closest to the to the end of your life, right? Hit a hit a hard right or a hard left, and just go straight off the barrier into the river. And uh, if you survive the fall and you're in your car, smash the window, but don't climb out. Just smash it so that the water comes in, and then keep your seatbelt on. So you you're going down with the ship or the car, as it were, and when the water when the water fills up your car, and there's no air in it, just inhale, <laughs> and then I'd fucking lose my job, and then I'd be like, what? That's what I do on my podcast. That's what got me to number one, and then they'd be all, yeah, but dude, you're not, you're not here to be funny. You're just here to fill the space in between advertisements. Speaking of advertisements, right? Now that I've just fucking bagged out corporate radio for having them, I'm getting pretty close. I just got an email from these guys who hit me up. They want me to put. They want their at. They want their products spruked on the magnificent speared Sundays podcast. And you know what? I'm gonna do it because it's a sick company, and they're down for me to be a cunt and swear about their products. And that really, if that's that's what I was born to do, right? If someone can pay me money to talk shit about their products and then maybe you guys will go ah maybe lewis is wrong i'll buy it (laughs) then that's what i that's who i want to work with um no they are a cool company i'm not going to mention it yet because i haven't fucking you know they got to pay me pay me to get that shout out but i'm thinking in the next couple weeks i will have advertisements on this podcast holy fuck can you hear me wheezing man asthma sucks it's not, it's not fun. Asthma. Asthma is the, is, you know, that's what got in between me and my, uh, and getting a 10 on the beep test. I'm just kidding. I'm, I was a fucking lazy kind of, who, who could be fucking going past four? I'd rather just pretend, right? And say that I got asthma than fucking run up and down a hall while some fucking PE cunt yells at me to go quicker because the beeps are speeding up. That's the thing about sport. This, I think the only reason... The only, I, I can't do competitive things. I don't give a fuck about winning. Whenever there's like an element of someone's going to win and someone's going to lose, I instantly don't give a fuck or I think it's funnier to lose. like And, and not like lose closely, like fucking terribly <laughs> lose. Like I would... I remember I would regularly win... Best Sportsman, Best Sportsmanship Award, or whatever the fuck that was. Basically, that means you, that's the retard award because you lose, but it doesn't break your soul, okay? 
I always got the retard award because when I was playing tennis, because I would lose every match and I would just think it was the funniest thing. Like I remember, and his thing, when I wanted to be good at tennis, I was fucking ace at it. I was really good at tennis, but I don't, as soon as I was put into a competitive competition, like you have to beat this other cunt so you can advance onto the next round and beat another cunt and another cunt and then all of a sudden you'll be Leighton Hewitt, you know, fucking bitches and winning tro- trophies. I just don't care. I don't care about winning. As soon as someone's like, hey, you could win first place. I'm like, why? Why do I want to do that? I remember at my school, I was always the fastest. No one could ever catch me. I was so fast, probably because I was so long, right? But then... And, and that, I had a reputation for being so fast because it was my hobby. This is in primary school, right? This is how long I've been a shit-stirring asshole, right? Since primary school, since like grade two, it was just about my hobby to piss someone off so much so that they would chase me. And I, there is, there is nothing more exciting than being chased by someone that you know could beat the fuck out of you, but you also know will never catch you. <laughs> I think that's I think that's the basis of shit stirring. Or my style of shit stirring is piss someone off so much that they come after you, but you're either too fast for them to catch you or too smart for them to catch you. And there's nothing better than that when someone loses their mind and goes, I'm gonna destroy your life, but they just can't fucking catch you and that's and that I got that reputation for just being incredibly fast and that got me into athletics but as soon as I had to like run against other people I didn't care I'd be like ah I don't I don't want to no one's chasing me no one wants to kill me why would I run fast what to win that's fucking boring so the, the, they'd go, they'd say start and I'd come in like fourth and, and people who were beating me, I would regularly be faster than in any other circumstance. I don't know. I just don't give a fuck about winning. Why am I talking about this? I was talking about corporate radio and then, ah, oh, the beep test, asthma. Yeah. So I always, I just always thought it was funnier to drop out, like drop out even before the, the fat girl who doesn't think she's who thinks she's a lot fitter than she is. I would drop out even before that bitch because it would surprise people and then I would laugh and then I got to watch everybody become exhausted and that was hilarious. You know, you'd see the you'd see the fatties. Like that's the best shit about the beep test. I I you know, that's almost makes me want to become a beep test is watching the fatties run. Because they know they're fat, right? But if they have more drive than fit people, because if the fatties drop out first, everyone goes, that's because they're fatties. And the fatties don't want to be seen as fatties, even though they are fatties. And they, (laughs) so they run their chubby little legs until they fall off and you see them, they, they get real hot and sweaty. And it's just, I just don't want to be the first fatty. If I can run until I'm like the third fatty, to drop out, that'll be good for me. But I can't be the first fatty. And that was why I dropped out of the beep test first every time was so that I could watch 
all of the fatties compete with each other to not be the first fatty to drop out. <laughs> and isn't that just, it doesn't that just paint the picture of what a wholesome, happy, bright light upon the world I am? Oh, fuck. Anyway, uh, I am finally on OmniApp. You may have noticed if you're watching on my website or you're an Android person, I am finally got the whole podcast on OmniApp and uh, this episode is being uploaded there as well. So Podbean finally is no more. I'm finally fucking done with it. Sorry it took me so long. Um, So basically, if you are an iTunes person who listens on iTunes, you don't have to do anything. Don't worry about it. If you're subscribed, you will stay subscribed. Uh, If you are an Android listener, you will need to, if you listen on your phone with an app, you need to download the Omni radio app. It's O-M-N-Y radio. And that's how you can listen to it. Otherwise, you can listen on my website um, and on YouTube as well, where I've started uploading them there. So Omni have been really, really good. They're just fucking so much better. But Podbean, in its, in its, with, its, with the final episode that was on Podbean, which was last week, they just tried to fucking strike out and have, have a little bit of revenge, get back at me for leaving them. And they cut out a huge chunk of my fucking podcast. So um, that was when I was reading out the stories that people had sent to me of them stealing shit. So I'm going to get those up now. And I'm going to read them. I was supposed to read these last week, but they cut, they cut out. You probably noticed. So I asked for stories of the best things that people have stolen. And these two stories are fucking great, right? <clears throat> okay, where is it? These, this one, these ones are like... Super criminal shit. Alright, here we go. <clears throat> hey Lewis, I'm here to tell you the story of how a friend and I stole a large amount of expensive audio equipment from the high school we went to. Senior year, my friend and I were part of our school's theatre program where we helped set up the school plays and such, stage crew. At the end of last year, the crew manager retired and a new one was starting. Before all this, we knew about a closet full of expensive audio equipment, microphones, mixers, etc. That was just all excess shit that was thrown in there because the school had too much grant money. I like where this is going. This is good. This is going to be some some super... Because not only are you stealing expensive audio equipment, you're also stealing from schools. Uh, so you're stealing the, the future from little children. <laughs> um... Since we were certain that the new manager had no idea the closet even existed, we decided to take pretty much everything in it. Ah, you cunts. One day during a lunch period, we got a box and started loading it with the stuff. The new manager even asked us what we were doing and when and where we were carrying and when we were carrying it out of the building to my car, all we said was we were making some more space by throwing out some garbage and he believed us. See, that's his fucking fault, okay? If he is stupid enough to let a bunch of kids go into any closet and take anything out and put it in a car, he that you fucking earned that theft, okay? That's his fault. That's not even your fault. That's just you saw money on the ground, so you picked it up. That's what you did. All right. Uh, what are we doing? Put it in the car. Uh, And he believed it. After school, we took it to my friend's house because he had room for it. We did some research and found the total value of everything that we stole was $800. Fucking score, boys. Well done. As far as I know, nobody missed anything we stole. My friend still has all of it. In fact, he uses one of the really nice microphones to play rock band on PS4. 
Now, you see, that really demonstrates the level of this. Not only did you steal from this school, but you also don't even fucking need it. You don't even use what you stole. It's the ultimate disrespect. You stole a $300 microphone, and now your cunt of a friend plays rock band with it on PlayStation 4. He doesn't even... He doesn't even rap into it about talking about how he stole it. You know, he's playing rock band. And how often does anybody play rock band, really? Like, do you reckon he's playing that by himself? Do you think that dude has the confidence to just sing into the, the microphone and rock band when he's alone in, in his room? Those fucking games are the stupidest shit ever. But, like, it's, it's stupid to buy them, but genius to sell. Remember when Rock Band first came out? Or was it Guitar Hero? That's the dumbest fucking invention on the planet. Guitar Hero. People would spend $80 on the, the video game and then $120 on a pretend guitar shaped like a guitar with buttons on it. Like, like, and, and, and then they would learn how to play that. They would learn how to press buttons in a sequence rather than actually learning how to play guitar. And they would invest so much time into playing that, that that if they put that amount of time into playing a real guitar, they could actually use that use that skill to get laid instead of posting videos about on it fucking to YouTube and everyone calling you autistic because you can play, I don't know, some metal song on expert. I bet that'll impress the ladies, right? You you take you take that to a party. Instead of that wanker who plays songs around the campfire while everyone's smoking weed and nobody really wants to listen, you can be that absolute fucking Asperg riddled retard who brings out the guitar <laughs> the guitar hero thing, not even plugged in, and he goes, Hey, check this out. And you just start pressing the buttons, and then you're like, look, if this was plugged into a PS4 and the TV, you ladies would see that I'm getting expert score level on Guitar Hero, who wants to suck me? <laughs> oh, man. And then I have uh, another story here as well. So well done for you guys for that, um, for stealing all that shit. That's, Im- that's impressive. I definitely approve that. All right. This, is, this one is, is less stealing and more um, vandalism. It's definitely criminal. It's, look, there's theft involved and there's... I think there's more vandalism than theft. This is just at, like absolute bottom of the barrel, fuck the world, teenage angst, theft and vandalism. Which, by the way, I'm not judging you for because I was so into that when I was 18. I, I used to go out with friends, we would vandalize cars. We called it besting. We'd vandalize cars, we'd destroy mailboxes, break anything. We called it besting. Because it was what we did best, okay? So just know that when I, when I talk about you being an absolute piece of shit, I too am an absolute piece of shit. And I think everybody listening to this podcast really is a, is, is a piece of shit. If you're going to sit down and listen to this instead of Hamish and Andy, you're a fucking, you're a bit of a dropkick, all right? Let's just be honest, okay? Can we all just admit, can we all just hold hands and acknowledge for a second? Let's all just sit in silence for a bit. And just think of all the horrible things that we've done and the absolute lack of anything to show for it. Let's just sit in silence and just acknowledge how much of a piece of shit we are.
Okay, so now that we've done that, I'm going to read this story and we can all fucking laugh. All right. Hi, Lewis. I just listened to your latest podcast and I think I may or may not. Oh, okay. May not as in this, this story is not real. It's satire. Uh, I may or may not have stolen something better than a locker. By the way, that story is hilarious. One of my favorite podcasts. Thanks, cunt. You are a legend. Um, when I was out with some friends when I was 15, we came... See, 15. This is hectic. I didn't start doing this shit till I was 18. When I was 15, we came across a church parking lot which was under construction. No one was working in it at the time, and we discovered a lamppost disconnected from the ground and lying on its side. So, like a street lamp. Like fucking... How tall are they? Like 10 meters high? Street lamp to light the road, right? For probably similar reasons you stole your locker, my friends and I stole the lamppost. It took three people to barely carry it across a kilometer to my house. Yeah, those things would be heavy. They're fucking huge, man. And they're filled with like technology. (laughs) You guys are legends. I love that it took three people. That's great. When we arrived, we put the lamppost in my backyard and leaned it against a tree. Eventually, after dismantling an extension cord, we were able to get the light working. That's fucking insane. You guys got a street lamp in your backyard and figured out how to turn it on. You're lucky nobody got electrocuted and died. You're insane. My mum came home to this and although first broke into hysterical laughter for a moment, eventually forced me to return it. That seemed boring. So this is where the story goes from stealing to absolutely fucking deplorable vandalism. (laughs) Um, That seemed boring. So instead, my friends and I moved the lamppost to our school field. We left it there. And while we went to a store to buy 50 pounds of cement at the store, we stole the shopping cart, of course, and pushed it and the cement about five kilometers to the school field and then cemented the lamppost into the field. I can't even comprehend. Could you imagine being the principal and coming to school and just, just there's a lamppost fucking cemented to the field. What do you do? You can't even, surely you can't even get angry at that. You just, Getting angry at that would just be a complete waste of all of your energy. The amount of shit that... It must be every year. Every single year that something fucking horrendous happens to every high school. Because there's all it takes is just one kid. One kid every year to go, you know what? It feels good being a cunt. And that was me. Okay, it took the school three weeks to finally remove it. Yeah, that's fucked. Dude, they would have... You cemented a lamppost to the ground. That They would have needed, like, jackhammers. They would have needed sledgehammers. <laughs> 50 pounds... That's, like, what, 25 kilos of cement? I don't know how you managed to move all of that shit. That's a lot of cement. But that's incredible. I salute you, sir. Well done. That's incredible vandalism. And that is exactly what I want to hear in when I talk about vandalism stories. That's fucking mental. All right, let's talk about what I did this week, okay, guys? So, <clears throat> uh, what did I do? Oh, I filmed. I wrote and I filmed my first uh, sketch that had uh, sexual... I don't know what to call it. It was like a sex scene. And I filmed it as well. Um, 
And you know what? It really illuminated to me something. You know when you watch a sex scene, right, in the movies where they do... Where they, well, it wasn't really a sex scene. What I wrote, it was a... You guys will see it in about two weeks. I think it's one of the funnier things that I've written. Um, uh, yeah, it basically, it's a sex scene, but we don't... It, we do a lot of touching and... It's a sex scene, okay? Can you shut up, dog? Just sit down, bro. Talking about sex and you just jump right up. Huh? You horny little bastard without your testes. Alright, anyway. <clears throat> so yeah, I wrote my first sex scene and um, it really illuminated to me. When You know when you watch like a sex scene in the movies where, I don't know, who's a really hot actress? Like uh, Jennifer Lawrence, okay? And you see... Jennifer Lawrence like rubbing all over this fucking dude and kissing them. You you think that would be the best shit ever. That'd be fucking awesome. If that happened to me, how do they not get a boner? How do they not want to fuck each other from doing that? And you always hear the the actors afterwards go, "Oh, they're always really awkward and, you know, you don't or 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 if they're not awkward, they're like, "Yeah, it's just, you know, it's we we keep it professional and we're just focusing on doing the best performance and you just listen to that and you're thinking there's no way you had Jennifer Lawrence's tits in your face and you didn't get half a chub. There's no way. But you know what? It's true. I did this thing with a girl and basically the gist of it is she's in her underwear and she's all over me. That's her whole role is her you know, being all over me, being really sexy. She's in fucking like lingerie and she's a gorgeous girl. Like she's real pretty, really good body. And she, and, and I didn't feel a single fucking thing and neither did she. It was just so professional because we were just focusing on getting our lines done, getting the right shots, making sure that it was the best it could be basically, you know, making sure that all of the, the shots made sense. So if she was sitting on my lap with her hands, on my shoulder, you have to make sure that when we, if we fucked up the take, we've got to put her back in the right position, put a hand on my shoulder so that there's continuity and it doesn't look weird. And yeah, it was, it was an interesting experience to have because I've never had that before because I'm really getting into the, um, <clears throat> the habit of writing big proper sketches. I'm trying to teach myself that skill. I'm trying to teach myself, you know, how to write things with other people in them because that's what I want to get into. I'd love to write TV stuff if it's my own show or for somebody else's. It'd be sick to do. So I figure, well, I might as well learn that now. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I thought that would be an interesting thing for you guys to get where it doesn't matter when you're when you're acting or, well, yeah, I suppose it was act, I was acting and directing and filming. So maybe that's why. But when you're when you're acting, even if you're acting like a sex scene, if if that if that happened with the same person anywhere else, you'd be like, "Fuck, this is awesome." When you're acting, the only thing in your head is, "Fuck, I need to react right. I need to say the right words. I need to be doing the right facial expression. I need to make sure my hands are in the right spot. All that stuff. All that stuff. I don't know. I just thought that was pretty interesting. But you guys should see that video in in like two weeks. I put a little snippet of it in the latest Lou review, like half a second because it just fit. But the full thing will be coming out in like two weeks. And I think it's really funny. I think it's a very ridiculous video. And I'm very proud of it too. And and the the lady actor fucking smashed it too. She did really, really well. Uh, considering it was her first thing. But, uh, you know, I'll talk about that after it's out because you guys probably don't give a fuck <laughs> just yet. Um, 
Speaking about script writing, I've started teaching myself how to write and format scripts properly. Because have you ever seen a movie script? You know how they look, how... <clears throat> I'll, I'll show you here. I got it here. So, like, it's, it's really centered and they have a proper format. And it goes... And, like, up the top it says Lewis. And then Lewis's dialogue. And then Crystal. And then Crystal's dialogue. And then below that it'll say, like... Uh, like their action, so Crystal pulls away from Lewis, she's fuming and can barely maintain her composure. Then it goes Crystal and says a dialogue. You know how it's laid out like that. And you look at it and you think it's really confusing and you think, how can anybody write like that? How can anybody read like that? But I, I, I tried this program called Final Draft 9. This is to anybody who's, who wants to learn script writing or anything like that. And it does all of the formatting for you, basically. And I found as I got into the into the writing of it, it became easier and easier. Like, it just flows. It just makes sense. Because I figure, right, originally, obviously, there was no script writing format. People just wrote it down and they figured it out. And then they figured out the script writer must have thought, well, this is the best way for me to write down my ideas and convey them to the guy who's got to film it and the guy who's got to direct it. And then by ease of use, it just obviously became the standard because everyone was like, fuck, this is a good idea. Let's keep doing it. Let's make this standard so everyone understands it. And you know, it's a, it, I found writing, I was surprised. It, it allowed your ideas to flow much better, especially because this program does all the, bo- does all the boring formatting shit for you. So you can, you, it, it just works better because you can write out the scene, right? So you'd be like, I don't know, Lewis is sitting down in a chair talking by himself into a podcast microphone, it's nighttime, and there are dogs outside barking and howling, and that sets the scene, and then you go down into dialogue, you write, Lewis is speaking, and then below that, you write what I'm saying, hello, I'm a massive cunt, and then you do some more fucking actions, all of a sudden, I don't know, Sarah walks into the room, takes her titties out, and starts shaking them around, and then you write, Sarah, so she's about to say something, and then her dialogue, you go, look at me, I'm shaking my titties around, and it just, it helps your ideas flow a lot better, and ever since I've learned this uh, scripting kind of technique, I've been much more pumped to uh, write sketches, so I don't know, what I'm thinking is, because I hate doing Lou Review when I'm on tour, it's really hard for me to do, because obviously I'm in hotels, uh, I don't give a fuck about anything that's happening on the internet. I only give a fuck about what's happening on stage. So I don't want to watch YouTube and review it. And, and I, I just don't enjoy doing it because my mind is obviously focused on stand-up, which is my one true love. So what I'm thinking of doing, starting from now, is just filming a whole bunch of really good sketches that are timeless. And by that, I mean they're funny at any time uh, and not about current news. You know, like uh, a thing about sex is going to be funny because we're always having sex, you know, it's not going to become irrelevant. Whereas uh, a video about, I don't know, Marina Joyce wouldn't be funny a year down the track, if you understand what I'm saying. So what I'm thinking of doing is writing a whole bunch of sketches, filming them and then not releasing them. And then when I go on tour, which next year will be for about two months, because I'm planning a bigger one, I can just have those in the bank and release them every single week. All I have to do is hit upload. That'd be really good. But you know what? Chances are I won't fucking do that because that requires a lot of forethought and organization. And we all know that's not my strong suit. But I think I'm going to do it because I meant to do that last year. 
Um, but I ended up just slowing down my content instead because I didn't have any videos to release. So I think I'm going to do, I'm going to try, I'm going to put in a really big effort to do that this year. And then hopefully you guys just won't go out, won't be without content when I go on tour. <clears throat> if you want to know when, uh, as soon as tickets go on sale, if you jump on lewspears.com slash gig list, you will get an email when I announce ticket sales. So basically what I do is I never email people more than once a month. I hate that shit because <clears throat> not only is it annoying for you guys, but it's also when I do email you, it makes it seem less like you don't give a fuck. You know, like that, that I don't know, newsletter or a news site that you signed up for and you really liked it and then they just started emailing you every week and then every time you saw it, you're like, ah, oh, fuck, I can't be bothered reading that. That sucks. Whereas if I just send you an email, I don't know, once every three months is what it it's usually turns out to be. That's kind of cool. It's like, hey, it's Lewis checking in on you. Uh, whatever. So yeah, um, check out loosebeers.com slash gigless. You can like put in your email and your city so that if I'm announcing a tour and I'm not coming to your city, you're not going to get an email that goes, hey, I'm going on tour. And then you get really excited and then I'm just not coming and it ruins your day. <laughs> so that's not going to happen. <clears throat> anyway, enough about me. Let's talk about some dumb cunts dying. Hey, shall we? That's a, that's a favorite topic of this podcast, of absolute fucking idiots dying. And I laugh about it. So I saw this news. This one is so stupid that I think I'm going to do a video about it for Facebook next week. Just a little mobile phone one that I do. This one blew my mind how stupid it is, right? So, you know those lookout cliffs that people always die at? Those beach ones? That they always fucking die. And no one learns... You know, you go there and, and what they are for are, you know, romantic couples. To, they drive up, they get fish and chips, and then they go to the lookout and they stand there and they go, oh, isn't it beautiful? And then they go home and they fuck. That's who it's for. But for some reason, all these dickheads like to go up with eight people and they go to the lookout. And of course, they think, hey, you know what would be good to do at this lookout? I don't know, look out? No, no, I don't want to look out at look out. What I really want to do is show off in front of my friends. So what I'm going to do is instead of just fucking enjoying the beauty of the universe and the view, I'm going to read the signs that say don't climb over the fence because you'll fall off and die. It's very unstable ground. I'm going to read them and then I'm going to disregard them and I'm going to climb over the fence and stand on the very unstable ground and go, look at me, I'm a fucking idiot. And then I'm going to take a selfie and then fall off the cliff and die. How many times have you read that story? So I can't, I couldn't, I couldn't even begin to list the amount of times I've seen that shit with some absolute fucking moron climbs over the fence. Like, you know what? I get, I get ignoring signs that say don't step on the grass because they're trying to grow new grass. But why would you ignore a sign that says, hey, if you do this, fair chance you're going to die. What possible benefit do you gain from ignoring that sign? Other than, look at me, I'm taking a risk. That's all you get. Fuck, jump out of a plane. It's safer than going and standing on unstable ground. So anyway, right, I read this story. This woman, this idiot, she climbs over the fence at one of these lookout things to take a selfie. So... She climbs over the fence, she stands on the fucking cliff edge, turns around, takes a selfie, 
falls backwards and dies. Her fault, 100% her fault. Unequivocally, there is no way you could ever blame anybody for that other than the moron that chose to step over the fence, could you? But no, people found a way, as they do, to explain away the dumb actions of their stupid child, right? The parents come out. Some This is what it gets me, okay? The parents come out of there, come out into the news, and they say the reason she fell is because she was wearing flip-flops, thongs, sandals, those things, jandals, whatever the fuck you call them. They say that she fell off the cliff, not because she climbed over the fence, turned around and took a selfie on unstable ground, like an idiot, but because she was wearing flip-flops. Yeah, if if she uh, jumped over the fence and stood on the edge of the cliff with mountain boots, she would be alive today, so we need to... We need to tell people not to wear flip-flops. How about you tell people not to jump over the fence, you fucking idiots? This is what really gets me, right? Sometimes, as parents, you need to accept that your child is a dickhead. I think we need more of that. That your child is not a smart fucking person. If, like, dude, when I have a son, right, if if the police knock on my door... And they go, Lewis, I regret to inform you that your son has fallen off a cliff. The first thing I'm going to do is not, is not get angry, right? I'm not going to grieve. I'm not going to cry, right? I'm not going to go, was he wearing thongs? I'm going to go, did he climb over the fence? Was there a fence there? And were there signs saying, don't climb over the fence? And if the police go, yeah, I'm going to go, thank you very much, officers, um, I'll be in tomorrow to identify the body. And then I close the door and I just go, fucking dickhead. And that'd be it. Wouldn't even have a funeral. <laughs> or if, or, and, or if he, no, I wouldn't have a funeral, right? This is what I would do. I would, uh, I would, ha- I would, I would get him like buried. Okay. With a gravestone. And I would say, here lies, I don't know, Sam Spears. What a dickhead. And that's all it would say. No, I would leave a warning, right? I would leave a warning. He said, Sam climbed over the fence that said, don't climb over the fence or you'll die. Then Sam died. What a fucking idiot. That's what he was his gravestone. That's what his gravestone would say. You know what the irony is? I bet my I bet in like 20 years my kid's gonna die, like, I don't know, in some some dumb accident that was his fault. And then people are going to listen to this and my wife will never forgive me <laughs> because I can't go back on it. Now, can I, right? If my son dies in a terrible accident and then someone pulls this up and it makes headlines, I'm going to have to follow through, aren't I? I can't back down on 22-year-old me's fucking musings. i got to follow through and not grieve for my son who's just died. <laughs> ah, flip-flops. Yeah, how about your kid was a dickhead? Just admit it. We need more of that. More of that. Your kid was a dickhead. All right, let's get on to the miscellaneous bit at the end of the podcast, right? If you don't know, the miscellaneous bit at the end of the podcast, as I was talking about earlier, is the worst part of this podcast. In fact, it's probably the worst part of everything. It's the worst thing that anyone has ever created. Every time I do it, it makes me want to end it. Um, and evidently from what the listeners have been saying, some of the iTunes reviews, okay, 
that's where most people talk about miscellaneous be the end. Let me let me bring up some iTunes reviews so we can see um, some of the most horrible experiences with uh, miscellaneous be the end. Okay, I'm just bringing it up now. This is from now on, right? This is where we're gonna. This is where we're gonna put our hatred of miscellaneous be the end. Okay, what you do is you rate the podcast five stars, and then you leave a little story about how miscellaneous be the end has affected your life. Okay. Here's one. This is the latest one. Five stars. Lou, you're killing it. Good luck on the tour. I can't make it though. I'm still trying to cure my cancer from miscellaneous bit at the end. Five out of five podcast. See, thank you very much. Sorry for giving you cancer, mate. And this is a good one left by uh, Michael. Okay. Lewis, your podcast is hilarious. How you got to number two on iTunes is confusing though considering half the time you're making dick jokes and laughing at people with severe disabilities. <laughs> yeah, that basically just sums up my whole podcast. Thank you very much, man. Uh, if you want to leave a review on iTunes, I'll review. I'll uh, read out a couple more next week. All right, so let's get on to the questions. All right, if you want to send me a question, contact at lewspears.com. Send me something about your life, something gossipy, something good. Uh, not about me. I don't like to talk about me at this part because, you know, it's miscellaneous bit at the end. If I've got to talk about me and do miss bit, right? I'm probably going to just end it. Okay, let's have a look. I got this question here. So this one comes from a dude called Tom. Hey, Lewis, my name's Tom. I'm a big fan and have been one since late 2014. Oh, you're an OG dude. Oh, no, wait. I'll be doing this since 2012. Oh, well, you're pretty... You're halfway to OG status, Tom. Thank you very much for the support. I'm in my second year, second last year of high school and I've had motivational issues my whole life, but they have been getting a lot worse over, over the past year. I've missed the due date for most of my assessments and it's getting out of hand. When I set aside time to work, I just sit on Facebook, YouTube or play video games. I've considered seeing someone just on motivation because I've seen psychiatrists and have had a tutor, but they haven't helped much in the sense of motivation. How can I fix this? Any advice would be appreciated. Also, I'm a fat cunt who eats too much. That info might help. Thanks for being a sick cunt from Tom. Um, okay, with motivation, for, for me, motivation, right? A lot of people seem to think that motivation is something that stays with you. It's not. I think motivation is a really fleeting thing that will come back all the time but it, you can't hold on to it. Motivation will is like inspiration. When you just, ah, I want to I wanna make this, or ah, I want to do this, or ah, I want to go to gym, I want to get big. So you go to gym once, and then your motivation is gone. You need to ride that wave. From when you get that motivation to, ah, fuck, I need to do an assessment, you got to, and then you do a little bit of it, and then you just stop doing it. Motivation is something that inspires you to do something once. From then, you need to turn it into a habit. Um, and with, with motivation stuff, man, it's, it's, it is fucking high school work. So you might just not want to do it. Uh, I know that I, there's no way I could have done anything in high school. I just, I hated it. I, I just thought that it was pointless. I mean, I'm, I obviously, I don't know if you, what you want to do with your life, Tom. I didn't want the shit that I'm doing, I didn't, I didn't need school work and academics for, right? I tell dick jokes and laugh at cripples on a podcast. <laughs> I didn't need to learn how to do that in high school, right? I've been doing it. I've been laughing at people in wheelchairs since I was 10. Uh, so I just wanted to get really good at that. But with motivation, it's not something that, that just stays. It's something that will come and you need to, you need to use that fire 
to, to turn it into, in, to, to do it once and then turn that into a habit. And then once something is a habit, then it's, it's almost easy because it's a fucking habit, right? It's as easy as breathing. I go to gym three times a week. I don't even think about it anymore. But when I was, when I started it up, I get that motivation of, ah, oh, fuck, I want to be big. I want to look good in a t-shirt. And then I go to gym once and then, then it's really hard for me to go again because I'm like, ah, oh, I did it once. I don't want to do it again anymore. But you push past that and you start going and then it becomes a habit, right? If you just force yourself to do it, it becomes a habit and then all of a sudden, you look forward to it or, and, and at the worst, you don't, you just, you, don't f- you don't feel like you want to go but you don't hate going. It's just, ah, oh, I got to do it. So you just do it, you know? It's like, ah, oh, I got to eat. You know, it's like when you eat food that you're not excited to eat, but you just fucking eat it because you're hungry. It's like, ah, oh, I'm going to gym because I'm in a habit and I just, I, that's just something that I do. So if you can get into a habit of, of doing schoolwork or whatever you want to do, that's more important than motivation because motivation never lasts and it sounds like you want something that, that will last forever and, and building a habit will do that. Also, another thing that I've started doing because I've been writing stand-up a lot and I have found that I cannot write stand-up jokes on a computer because I, just like you, I get distracted by Facebook, YouTube, I play video games, like I, I turn on, it's like I turn on the computer, I look at it and my brain just stops working and I've been reading a lot about this and that's basically exactly what happens, right? Because you think about it, when you're looking at your, if, this is true for your phone as well. When you look at your computer or your phone, you're, you don't need to think as hard because it's like, let's say when you're, if you're walking somewhere and you don't have your phone, your brain is being used to remember where you're going, where you have been so you can make it back. But if you have your phone, your brain relaxes because it's just, ah, oh, I'll just Google Maps it. Your brain doesn't have to think as much because it has this tool that does it for you. That's, and, and that's basically your, your brain gets into the habit of whenever I'm looking at the screen, I don't have to work as hard because I have a, a tool that helps me. And I've been reading a lot that, that computers will never ever help you make something. They, computers will never inspire you. Like I can't sit down with an empty Word document, open a computer and all of a sudden write an amazing joke. I can't do that. That's not how inspiration and motivation comes to me. However, I can be motivated outside of computers because my brain is actually working. And I find a lot of the time, if I'm writing jokes, I always write them on paper. I go to a cafe, I go to a library, I leave my house and I sit down with, without my phone, I leave it at home and I write on paper because the only thing there is me, my pen, the paper and my mind. And that's the only thing. There's no phone to check texts or check Snapchat or, or look something up. All I have is my brain to just think. And I think that, 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 that computers, as amazing as they are, they obviously are an amazing tool, but they can't help you create something. They can't help you make something. They, well, they're not going to do it for you. They can help you do it because obviously if you're doing Photoshop, you need a computer, but you're never going to get like an idea from, from nowhere. You get your ideas and your motivation and your habits outside of computers. So maybe try using the computer less. You know, if you need to, if you need to do research, instead of Googling it, why don't you get a book on it from a library? That always helps. You know, a, a book is just as good as Google. Just fucking read that. Or if you find an article online, print it off and read it. 
I, I did that when I was studying history. I like to instead of I like to find obviously you know good sources, and I would like to read to print it off and then read it. That that way the only distraction there. There, there is no distraction. The only thing there is me and the piece of paper. Whereas if I'm on my, on my computer, there's Facebook, there's YouTube, all the shit that you're saying, there's fucking so much shit there to distract you with. Another thing that I do is obviously you have to use a computer at some point. So what I like to do is I like to set up a separate profile on my laptop because you know I've only got one fucking computer. Um, I set up one profile for work and only work. So that's video editing, writing, uh, recording a podcast, that's it. That's the only thing that is on there. There's no games programs. There's not even the fucking internet installed. That's it. And then I have another program for everything else, no matter what it is, hobbies, fun, bullshit, whatever it is. That way, when I'm in my work profile, there's nothing to get distracted by because I'm not logged into anything. I don't have Steam. I don't have messages. I don't have games. I don't have music production software that I can fuck around on. It's just... The only thing there is work. A lot of the time, if you're someone like me with fucking ADD brain, I get obsessed over stuff and I always get like distracted by things. I just take out any option for me to be distracted. So when I'm writing stand-up, I leave my phone at home. When I'm using the computer to write or edit, I do it on a different profile where there's no games and no Facebook, all that kind of shit. So that's really helped me. Um, I hope that helps, Tom. Also, uh, you said you're a fat cunt who eats too much. That will really affect you. Unhealthy people have unhealthy minds. The mind and the brain are linked so much more than people think. Healthy at every size is fucking bullshit. And we know for a fact that overweight people and even really underweight people are more depressed than other people. And motivation does not come from depression. We know depression makes it really hard to... When you're in... When you are depressed and when you are sad, when you feel shit about your body, it it makes you... Um, it makes it harder to go out there and take risks and try new things and work hard because you're fucking you're stuck in a hole. I've been there. And also when your body is when you're fat, it's because you're not feeding your body right and your brain lives in your body, which means you're not feeding your brain right. So it's just not running properly. Um, I always find that whenever I'm like at this period where I'm eating properly and I'm going to the gym a lot, I'm so much more creative and I'm so much more motivated. And that's just because I'm healthier and I'm happier. Um, it's just better. So I really think that what would help you, Tom, is cutting out uh, using the computer as much, setting up a separate profile and hit the gym or at least eat better than you are. Um, and that will help with all of your motivation problems. Or not. <laughs> what the fuck do I know? Um, good luck to you, Tom. I hope that works out for you. Now, last question. All right. This is a bit of a long one. Okay. Uh from Zach. All right. So I met this girl, Liz, through friends and we set up a double date with mutual friends. We got along great. By the fourth grade to... For, oh, fourth date. I'm thinking fourth grade. What are you, eight? No, fourth date. By the fourth date, two weeks after the first one, we were in a relationship. She's fit, beautiful, popular and smart. We're both 16. Um, calling it now? Uh, it's not going to last. Oh, I'm such a cunt. Okay. The relationship was borderline perfect. We became really close and we would see each other as often as we could. Liz became significant to me. Throughout my life, I've moved friendship groups every six to eight months as I never felt like I was wanted or didn't fit into the group as much as the other people. So these friendships would fizzle out pretty quickly. Yeah, it sounds like my high school. 
uh, experience. Liz made me feel loved, except without the girl. <laughs> so you got one up on me. Um, Liz made me feel loved and that someone would want to be around me. She became not only my best friend, but the girlfriend of my dreams. I began to love this girl. Fucking hell, you're writing a novel, man. I'm, I'm falling in love with this girl. You're really investing me in this story, dude. Um, after, two mu- <coughs> after two months into the relationship, uh, you fell in love with her in two months? Oh, I suppose that's possible. Yeah, no, that's definitely possible. Okay. After two months in the relationship, she told me that her family had to move to another city. Oh, shit. Across the side of the other side of the country. She had already moved twice before, and this was her third. So the both of us were pretty upset. This was, this, there was a month until she moved. And from then, we started to move pretty fast. Losing our virginities to each other. Oh, yeah, buddy. Spending more time, spending more time than what we had with each other. S- spending more time with each other. Just say that. Just to spend as much, we spent as much time together as we could. Okay, that was difficult. We had made the decision, the decision to go long distance for a while. Okay, long distance never works. All right, it just doesn't. You can't do long distance unless you've been with someone for like, I don't know, minimum two, three years. Long distance is not going to work, especially if, like, let's say, right long distance stuff, if your girlfriend's going away for a month for work and she comes back, you know when she's coming back. Sure, long distance works. That's totally, definitely can work because you're like, I know when this will end uh, and I know when she's coming back and I can look forward to that. But long distance, that's just indefinite. Like you're both 16, her parents have moved. There's no way either of you are going to see each other again unless, I don't know, until you can afford to move out, which is like, what, 25 for most people these days. Yeah, not going to work. Um, and let's see, let's see what happens with this. I, I'm calling this probably not going to work. Uh, she would move, we, we decided to go long distance. She would move at the end of March and I would see her on Queen's birthday weekend two, two months after she left. I have a family on a farm outside the city she'd moved to and we would spend our last weekend there together and that would be it unless she would come back from uni, but that'd be it. Yeah, so you're not going to see each other ever, which is not going to work. She had she had an early flight, so she came to my place the night before she left. When she got picked up and drove out the driveway, the sound of her crying out the car destroyed me, and I was left standing in my front yard, almost unable to stand. Oh, dude, I'm going to cry. This is probably really rough. I just told you halfway through this isn't going to work, and uh, you've we're only halfway through. Fuck, okay, this is a long one. Sorry, guys. Uh, a month goes by with her in the new city and everything seems to be okay. We both miss each other, but it's only another month until we see each other again. But one night she messages me. We need to talk. She broke up with me a month until we were supposed to be with each other again. She couldn't take being in a new city with no friends. And the only thing on her mind was me and how sad she was because she wasn't able to be with me. I had to take a day off school. I was that devastated. I would cry every 30 minutes because she was the only thing I could think about. This was over a, this was over a year and a half ago. Oh, okay. Fuck. Why are you emailing me then? A year and a half ago, aren't you over it? Uh, since then, I feel the same feelings. Sometimes I think about her a lot and sometimes very little, but I know I still love her, but we talk maybe every three months. But two months ago, Liz deleted her Facebook and Snapchat, which made me kind of worried as she might not be happy with her life. Ah, you're a good cunt. But only, 
Only a week ago, while talking about girls with my mate in English, I typed her name into my mate's Facebook search bar and she came up normally. Yeah, that means she blocked you. She blocked me, same as Snapchat. Okay, so he knows that. She blocked you. I talked to another friend about this and came to the conclusion that she has done this because she wants to get over me. She hasn't blocked anyone else. From my point of view, I feel like if I feel like as if I should I feel as if I should accept her position, which is what I I can't fucking read. Why does anyone listen to this? At least Hamish and Annie can fucking read. Um from my point from my point of view, I feel as if I could I should accept her decision, which is what I've done and haven't talked to her about it, but I'm still here with feelings. I'm currently in a high demand sport and my social life is limited. I purposely don't have a girlfriend and I don't want one as I don't have time, but I have hooked up with quite a few chicks at the parties I've been to, maybe too many, but I can't let go of these feelings for Liz. So with my limited time, how do I get over her with my limited time? Cheers from, yeah, look, man, um, you're right. You'd need, you do, I suppose you do know that, right? You need to get over her. Um, and I think that she's blocked you. So she can do the same thing. She's not blo- she, she hasn't been an asshole to her. You haven't done anything to her. She's just realized that talking every three months, even though you guys are so far away from each other and are not going to be together, is not a healthy thing for her or for you. So she's blocked you. And I think that's a really important thing for couples to do uh, when they do break up. Like proper, serious, this isn't good for us. We should not be together break up. You need to block them. You need to get them out of your fucking head because otherwise you will never... Because when you end a relationship, it's like somebody dies. Like they've they've done studies on this. When you when people end serious relationships, they, they go through the same stages of mourning as people do when somebody dies. Like the, the denial, the... I don't know. The, you know the fucking steps, right? Um, anger, uh, bargaining... And then, I don't know, the last one is acceptance. All that, all that kind of shit. It's the same thing as when someone dies. So imagine if, right, if somebody dies really close to you, someone, they die, but every three months you just see them walking around in the street, but you know you can't talk to them. You would never fucking get over it, right? And it's the same thing with relationships. You need to just stop. You need to cut her out of your life. You need to block her from everything. And with time, you'll get over her. It's probably a good thing that she blocked you. I would recommend blocking her as well. Oh, yeah, I suppose you can't because you can't search her up. But yeah, if she ever unblocks you, I would, I would recommend blocking her because it's a healthy thing for the both of you to just get over each other and stop thinking about each other. Um, I would recommend just throw yourself into your sport, man. Get really good at it. I, I assume you enjoy it. Otherwise, you wouldn't be doing it. If you don't enjoy it, get the fuck out. But if you like your sport, just throw yourself into it. Become the best sports dude that you can be. Um, bond with your teammates if it's a team sport and uh, just live your life. You're really young, dude. You're going to find somebody else uh, 100% for sure. Like it's, you're fucking 18, I think. So you're not even at the start of your, you're going to look back on this and, and think, fuck, I was, that was a nice time. I'm glad that happened, but this is better. You know, just enjoy being single. You will get over it in time. Block her from everything. Stop thinking about her. Um, yeah, that's all I can do, man. Uh, time is a healer, and you will get over it. And with that wonderful note, ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of Spearhead Sundays. I hope you enjoyed. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for rating the podcast on iTunes. If you want to send me an email uh, with a question about relationships or life or or advice, anything you need, I will answer it. And uh, we can all 
be privy to your innermost secrets. Thanks for listening, guys. Rate the podcast, send me an email, subscribe, and uh, I'll see you next week. Have a shit one.